Welcome to Samford University's Campus Worship. We hope you enjoy the presentation. All right. How's it going, guys? Uh, like I said, Davis Looney, uh, I am so privileged to be here with you guys today. Um, and I'm going to go through this in a couple steps with you guys. Uh, first, I'm going to reiterate a few of these uh, statistics that uh, just kind of hopefully get our hands around like what the global water crisis really looks like. Second, uh, I'd like to talk briefly about what it is like as Christians, like what's, what's our response to that? Because when you hear something like one billion people need something, it's like wh- what can I as one person do? Uh, and then third, I, I'll tell you all a little bit about Filter of Hope and uh, what it is that we do and, and my role in that. But, uh, man, one billion people that lack access to clean drinking water. Uh, that's one, or almost one billion, that's one out of every eight people worldwide. And uh, every year, dirty water kills more people than all forms of violence, uh, including war combined. And so... I know, like, in America, we, it's, it's, like, tough to get our heads around that. Uh, if you turn on the news today, I guarantee at some point you're going to hear something about, uh, like, a debate on gun control, which is, like, a very real and, 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 I think, needed discussion. But to put it into perspective, last year, 14,000 people died in America from gun violence. 14,000. Today alone, almost 30,000 children are going to die from clean water. And yet, like, we... we pretty much live like it's not even a problem. Who had to go somewhere to get that water? Like, who had to, like, like, all right, I'm out of the house. Like, I'm going to go pack up and make a trip to, like, fill up my water bottle. Nobody. So, like, I have this bucket of dirty water here. Um, and I was thinking on the way here, it's literally more inconvenient for me to find dirty water in America than it is to find clean water. Like, if I want dirty water, I have to, like, go, like, across Lakeshore over there and get in that creek to get it. And, like, between here and there, there's probably a hundred different places I could find clean water. Um, and actually, like, I, I was so lazy. I, like, I just took clean water and then just, like, went outside and just grabbed a bunch of dirt and just made my own dirty water. But, like, it's a, cho- it's a chore to get dirty water in America, you know? But when you really think about it, man, like, what is it, what's it look like to live without clean water? You know, a lot of people say that people live without clean water, and it is living, but... A lot of times it's, it's suffering without clean water. It's existing without clean water. Because without clean water, it's tough to really thrive. Uh, as you saw in the video, uh, people who don't have clean water, it doesn't just affect their, you know, their, their water intake. It affects their school. It affects their jobs. Uh, a lot of places that we end up working, kids that don't have clean, uh, clean water, uh, they're sick all the time. Uh, it's not uncommon to see kids under the age of 12 uh, without pants on because... Not because they can't afford them, but because they, 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 they live with diarrhea. And so, like, they can't go to school because they're always sick. Their parents are drinking the same water, and so they're, they're constantly having headaches or stomach aches, which just make, you know, the little work they can find even more of a chore. Um, so their school's affected, their parents' livelihood's affected, which then affects the amount of food they can get on the table. And, and the, 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 the ripples just go on and on and on. So in light of that, it's like, what do we, like, what do we do? do like it's it's hard for me to even like a get my head around it but like if I do understand it like what is the response um and that's it's a good question I mean I I work full-time in in like hopes of changing that but like even I like I get overwhelmed by it you know it's like what really can I do um 
but something that always helps me, um, there's, there's a couple of verses. Uh, one being James 1.27, which you hear in a lot of, of mercy ministries. But it says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Um, and, and I think the orphans and the widows there, it's, it's more than that. It, it's vulnerable people. It's people in need. It's, it, it could be someone, you know, here at school just as much as it could be someone, you know, in, in a village in Africa. Um, and, and the key there is that they're, to visit them in their affliction. It's, it's not this passive just acknowledging that they exist. It's, it's to do something, to, to go. And um, again, I'm, I'm going to preface that. I don't think the go always means like you need to leave. I think going there emotionally is the first step. I mean, I think for me it's hard uh, to really even consider leaving the comfort of my, 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 like, my own life uh, to, to go somewhere and visit someone in their affliction before I can even go there emotionally. You know, like if I don't care for them, then it's, it's really tough for me to even take that first step. But another thing that uh, I think really shows this well is uh, a parable in Luke 15. Uh, it's the, the parable of the lost sheep. And so Jesus is sitting here with uh, the tax collectors and the sinners. Um, I want to point out something real fast. I went to Alabama. And my first two years at Alabama, I was an idiot. Like a fool. Um, I like just, I don't know, maybe went to like a few classes. Um, like, I'm serious, like a few. Like, it was, it was tough. Like, at the end of the semester one time, my teacher was like, dude, you were allowed to miss nine of my classes, and you missed, like, 15. Like, how is that even possible? Um, and I was like, I, I, had, I had stuff to do. I don't know. Like, I was, your classes in the morning. I spent most of my time out at night. Um, and so it just didn't really line up with my life. Um, and so I became a Christian my sophomore year of college, and God changed everything. Um, but it's it still blows my mind that God takes, like, sinners, takes broken people, like, takes me, and then not only, like, invites us into his grace, allows us to be, um, you know, with him, but then allows us to, to then go forth on his behalf, that he allows us, to, like, to be used in the continuing work of his redemption. And so this is, like, a really cool example of that. It says uh, Jesus is hanging out with the tax collectors and the sinners, um, and the the Pharisees are grumbling about stuff, and he's like, you know what, what man among you, having a hundred sheep and loses one, uh, leaves the 99 in the field and goes after the one that is lost until he finds it? Um, and when he finds it, when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. For so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Okay. So this is obviously an example of like how God uh, pursues us in our spiritual brokenness, in our spiritual need. That like we're the lost sheep, that like Christ pursues us, that he, he puts his own comfort aside and like he goes after us in the wilderness. And like if, if you're a believer and you're struggling with like shame and you're struggling with like your worthiness, just imagine this, like this thing right here, like use the sheep on the shepherd's shoulders and him rejoicing. Like that's, that's a powerful picture. Like that's, that's, that's nuts um, that, that God looks at us that way. But I think in, in the spiritual uh, representation here, I think we also learn a lot about like our physical response to physical need. And that like people who uh, are in need in 
for today's instance, clean water, that we respond the same way, you know, that we are to see this need to identify this person, these people, this, this need, this sheep that is lost, and that we are to pursue them. And again, I think the first step in, in leaving the, the field, leaving the comfort, is to emotionally pursue them, is to get our heads around the fact that, like, people are in need and that, like, we have this amazing gift. That we live in America where, like, water is it's inconvenient to find dirty water. Where everywhere we go, we have this awesome gift of, of life that just, like, flows from water fountains. And even our toilets have clean water. It's, like, it's nuts. Um, and so as, as we do this, um, I think the important thing is that the shepherd doesn't just find the sheep and say, you know what, like, here's a list of things to do to get back. Like, I could, go to, uh, I could go to Africa and say, like, hey, you know what, I, I see you got some really dirty water here. Um, you know what, I think you need to get it clean. And uh, I think a good way to do that would to, like, to be filter that. And it's like, you've offered them no help, you know. Um, and the key is that the shepherd then places the burden on himself. He comes alongside the sheep and says, like, you know what, like, this isn't just, like, your problem now. It's, it's now ours. Um, and I think that's an amazing thing that God allows us to, to even be a part of that. Again, like I said, that like he invites us into this continued redemption um, in, in a way that we get to be a part of his work going forward. And one way of doing that is by coming alongside people in need and saying, you know what, I, I don't have that problem. I, I don't know really what it's like to live without clean water, but like, I, I feel for you, like I acknowledge your need and like I want to do whatever I can to come alongside you and, and, and let's figure this out. And so, yes, sometimes that means going. Like that means I'm going to go, like I, after college I spent a year in Uganda and um, I got to like live alongside people and it was, it was amazing. Um, but you can come alongside them here on campus. Like you can take your time here at Sanford. You can take your your friendships, your, your different areas of influence, and you can leverage those, this time and those relationships and your influence in ways that affect people um, in different countries. And one of those ways uh, is what I do. Uh, I work for an organization called Filter of Hope, and uh, we have this water filter. It's, it's hooked up here on a bucket, and um, it comes in a little bag like this. All right, so get this. It's just nuts. This little filter right here purifies 150 gallons of water a day. It lasts for 10 years, and it's only $40. Some math student told me this, but it's like, that's 10 years of clean water for $40. That's, that's a whole family's worth of clean water, okay? So um, that, that's nuts. There's, there's a ton of different ways you can, you can plug into something, too. I mean, there's Never Thirst here in town that digs wells. Um, you have Blood Water Mission. You have Charity Water. I mean, like, there's... A ton of people that do amazing work um, in water alone. And I'm going to go ahead and say this too. Not everyone here is called to like pour their life and invest in clean water. Otherwise, like there's going to be a lot of other needs that are neglected. Um, so like I get that. I'm not saying like, hey guys, if you're not, if you're not purifying water by the end of the day, like you need to reevaluate your life, you know. I get it. Um, but I, I think that through Filter of Hope, like... We get to go to these countries, and we, we have filters in 49 countries. Uh, we, get, we work on the ground mainly in, in Haiti, Dominican, and Nicaragua. Um, 
but we get to sit down and go door to door with people, um, sit in their home and just like meet a person, you know, look them in the eyes and say like, who, like, I'm Davis, like, who, who are you, you know, like, uh, what does your life look like? What is, like, what, what do you, what do you enjoy doing? Um, and, and so that my ministry not becomes more of just like going to this place and doing this thing. It becomes about a person or people. Um, it's, it's cool. We, we talked about like the benefits of having clean water. And I met a lady in Dominican Republic in May that had had a filter for uh, a couple of months. And her job was she made popsicles. And before she received a filter, she would have to buy purified water every week. Uh, she lived in like a 12 by 12 house. I mean, in a, in a slum, slum area. And uh, she'd spend whatever money she had to buy filtered water. And then she would make these popsicles and sell them for whatever income she had. Um, and so now that she had a water filter... She could take the, the, the dirty water like out of the creek. And I was, I was saying, this, I drank some water out of this creek. And it, like, I put it in the bucket, um, filtered it, put it in the cup. And everyone was like, don't do it. Like, no. Like, people like, gra- like old ladies like grabbing on my shirt. Like, please don't, you know. I was like, guys, it's fine. Like, I promise it's fine. I drank the water. Um, then like some kid like grabs me by the hand, takes me over and like points with like a diaper floating in it. It's like a dirty diaper. And that was right upstream of where I got the water. Um, I was like, well, like I really, I really hope these filters work, and they did, and it, I'm here. Um, and and so this lady now gets her water from a place just like that. Uh, she's able to save like seven dollars a week, um, and able to invest that back into her business, and is just saving that money now so that she can get her family out of this slump. And so by providing her clean water, her kids are healthier, she's healthier, her business is healthier, and uh, now she has like a legit chance uh, of moving beyond poverty and if not her her kids um and so it's it's crazy guys um i met another guy the other day that um actually you're gonna see him in the video so i'm I'm gonna hold that but the big thing is that like i think ministry a lot of times like we get lost in like the grander like the the huge need when like christ and when he looks at me he sees an individual you know and if we can narrow it down to the individual and come alongside a person rather than a lot of times a place or project or whatever, it becomes a lot more real. And so that's what I love about um, Filter Hope is that we get a chance to do that. So briefly, the filter um, itself, I'm going to let y'all come up here and drink some of this water in a minute. Um, like not all at once, I promise. Uh, we'll get a line or something. It takes water like that, and, t- and this, is, like, this came out of that filter. Um, it's, it's crazy. It's perfectly fun to drink. You know, diapers in there. And, and so um, inside the filter itself is this stuff called hollow fiber membrane. And inside hollow fiber membrane, it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dumb it down because like this is how I, this is where I operate. I was a marketing major because it was the fastest way out of college. And I, I decided I want to be in ministry. I was like, get me out of here fast. And like marketing, I was like, great. Um, so there's these tubes. Hollow fiber membrane is pretty much these tiny little tubes. Catch this, 0.1 microns in diameter. Just tell your friends that. They'll think you're, you're smart. It's pretty much these tiny little tubes that are so small that um, your smallest waterborne bacteria is 0.2 microns in diameter. So it acts as a strainer just like on a micro level. It just like the, the dirty stuff gets caught, the clean stuff comes out. And so uh, the filter will, will take all that. It, it gets all the dirty stuff gets caught up in it. And then um, it comes with a syringe like this. And just one time a week, you just back flush it, and it just pumps out. You take clean water, 
and you just push it through the front and out the back, and it just sends all of the, the bacteria and all that stuff out, and it's clean again. Um, so it, it really, like, we have these tested in Alabama at this EPA uh, testing facility where they inject it with, like, lethal amounts of cholera, lethal amounts of E. coli, um, other waterborne bacteria, and then they run it through the filter. And, like, you're still allowed, like, so many parts per million, is what they call it, um, of, like, traces of, of the bacteria in the water for it still to be drinkable. But, like, every single time it comes back, like, none detected. So um, it's, like, completely pure water. Uh, and... Like, I spared y'all today. I usually have cow manure in the water. Um, and, like, I just didn't feel like driving around with it. So, um, all right, guys, I want you all to think about this real fast. Let's tie all this together. I want you to think about, A, just how amazing it is that a billion people in this world, one out of every eight people worldwide, are, are, they're, not, they're not lacking access. They're struggling. They're, they're, they're in affliction because of a lack of access to clean water. Um, and, and we have it everywhere. Like, that's nuts. That is just, I just hope, if nothing else today, I, I pray that just like you, you, next time you get a cup of water or you take a shower, like it just, pray for someone. You know, like, it, I hope it moves in your heart the fact that like someone else, like, they, they don't have that. And I don't want you to feel guilty about that by any means, but I just hope it like, it, it moves in you, um, a, a desire for God to heal that. Um, and if that's something that you want to be a part of, uh, if you feel like God's calling you into uh, a, taking on a, a part in, in his work to, to heal people, to bring clean water, um, then I, I'd love for you to talk to me about that. I'd love for you to find whatever avenue that, that looks like here in town or, or wherever back home. Um, but I, I do want to again say that like God is calling us like out of the pasture he's calling us like into the wilderness to to come alongside people that are in need and again that could be here on campus that could be uh, through whatever need that is whether that's water whether that's orphans whether that's what you, you name it whatever God's calling you to then like, evaluate that you know think about like how can you use your time here at Sanford and this amazing community of, of friends that you have here to, to really make a difference in the world. Um, I, I love the fact that, um, you know, college students, they, you, you have a lot going on, but you also got some free time. So um, you're never going to be around this many people that can come together and rally around something the same way. Uh, whenever college students get their mind on changing something, they do it. Like, college students have the capacity to change the world. And, uh, and so what, what is it that you're going to use your time at Sanford to invest in? And um, if, you, if you would like to come drink some of this water, which, again, like, I know you want to, but we only have so many cups. Um, it's going to be here, um, and I'll be up here afterwards. Um, but if you have any questions, I want um, be here for that, and um, just connecting this to what we started with at the beginning with the living water, there's constant, again, constant reminders in Scripture of, like, water being what sustains us, and Christ calls us into this invitation into his living water, and to the fact that, like, he, uh, he is the one that can sustain us. He's the one that can give us life. And so when we give out these filters, we do share the gospel. And, like, we want people to understand that, like, the hope that we can give them in clean water is only amplified in the hope that they have in Christ. Um, and so 
I, I think that's kind of the coolest part, that, that we get to be, as believers, a part of the physical redemption that also leads to the spiritual redemption. Uh, I just For more information about Samford University, check out samford.edu.